Welcome to episode 22 of the Truth and Dare podcast. Today we are talking about positive partnerships and what happens when you are not on the same page as your partner and how to fix it. For more information about us, show notes, and tools and resources, check us out over at truthanddaremovement.com. Before we get started today, we are going to continue with our latest tradition here at TAD, where we highlight one review of the week. We love doing this, and we love connecting with you guys in this way. This week's review of the week comes from Savvy Mel. Savvy Mel said, these ladies have taught me more about myself than I would have on my own. So thankful for them. I can hear the passion behind the mic when I listen to them. Keep rocking it, ladies. Love seeing that. Um, listen, if you guys want to be the review of the week, you know what to do. Head over to iTunes. Drop us some love. We truly can't do it without you. And we love, love having the feedback. Welcome to Truth and Dare, a podcast dedicated to female empowerment through living our truth and daring to change. Hi, I'm Carly Talbot. And I'm Allie Van Fossen. Okay, we are back. And of course, we are going to start with our slug in the honey moment. So currently for me, my honey is full of procrastination and just simply not getting shit done. Um, I know how much I can get done within one day's time and I'm not living up to my full potential. I'm allowing myself to become distracted, uh, disengaged, not focused. And then by eight o'clock at night, when Myers walks in the door, I feel really bummed that I still have so much work left on my daily to-do list. And yet here he is trudging off to work every day and doing so much that how am I not able to get more done during the day? So that's my slug. My slug is I need to work harder, more efficiently, stay focused and engaged so that when the evening comes, I can be present and relaxed and feel really good about what I accomplished uh, earlier. So yeah, that's, I'm just like rolling in the procrastination, honey. <laughs> yep. I mean, shit, who hasn't been there? Um, I, I feel you a lot. I feel like I'm in a similar honey, uh, not quite exactly the same, but we just spent, Ali and I together just spent the last two weeks traveling roughly. And I just got back to my own world and I just feel so out of it. Like I can't get back onto my game. And I just feel like this trip was so, so fun, but just so depleting at the same time. And I'm wondering at what point in my life am I going to be able to travel and then not be completely fucking dead afterwards? Like I feel like every time I go on a vacation, I need a vacation from my vacation. How many times can I say vacation? But that's how I feel. And I I want to work on getting to a place where I'm not totally depleted after a trip. And I don't know how to do that. So that's my honey. That's where I'm at. And uh, hopefully on my next trip, I'll feel better. But anyway, that's where, well, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I hear you. I mean, I was right there with you. But luckily, with moving on the sailboat and 
docking at a new place, a new environment. Each time we anchor, we will have the opportunity to really fine tune this whole travel, stay healthy, stay connected while still enjoying yourself thing, I guess you could call it. So for our listeners, stay tuned in the coming months. Hopefully we can report back on how well we are adjusting to that. But for today's conversation on cultivating positive partnerships, why are we talking about this? Well, I think the obvious is because many of us have partners or we will have partners in the future. Also, someone from our TAD tribe requested it. So we love to take your feedback and then unfold our personal opinions on how to better uh, dive into these topics. And lastly, um, we really want to encourage ourselves and our listeners to understand that as we continually grow and evolve and change, that our relationships with our partners will most likely change too. That is, it's, it's almost like a requirement because change is the only constant in our life. However, there is a point in time where our partner might not be growing alongside us. And I know I've experienced this. Carly has experienced this. Many of our girlfriends have also experienced it. So we want to use today's conversation to create a piece to put in your toolbox so that when you feel like the relationship is becoming disconnected, it's unwinding, that you can come back to this conversation and these tools and reconnect or find a new, like not par- I don't want to say new partner, but maybe a new way to live within your partnership. So yeah. Yeah, it's so true. And I can completely relate to this idea and experience of growing in one way and your partner is growing in the other. Sometimes that's really serious and intense and other times it's little silly kind of things. For me, um, as we've talked about on the, on the show, Ali and I stopped eating meat about a year ago and it's become just a really important part of my life. And it's something that Maybe I will eat meat again in one day. I don't like to pigeonhole myself for the rest of my life, but in the foreseeable future, I don't see it happening. And so my fiance, Mike, is not a vegetarian. I mean, and I like have this idea in my head that he wants to be one, but he just isn't one. I still kind of think that's true. I don't know. So I create this scenario in my mind where I like, no, he actually wants to be a vegetarian. So I force him to be one when he's around me and I will like, I'll decide for him what he's going to eat. For example, we got these RSVP cards to a wedding and there were three choices, chicken, beef, or um, vegetarian. And I checked off two vegetarian options and I sent it into my girlfriend and she texted me and she's like, oh, Mike's a vegetarian too? And I'm like, no, but he is now or something. And like yesterday I was shopping and I was like going to, I was with my mom and she was going to buy this ham that she was buying it for my dad. And she was like, doesn't Mike like this? And I'm like, no, Mike doesn't need that. She's like, Carly, he like, he eats it. It's okay to eat ham. And I do this all the time. And I get, I actually get really upset and 
I don't know why it's not that big of a deal at all. And for some reason, I've created this entire thing in my head where he wants it, but he's not doing it. And then I have to do it for him. And and so basically what I'm saying is I'm just a psycho. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, how can we navigate your psychoticness? (laughs) But real talk. Carly's example is a funny example, but it's something that I think translates over for many of us within our relationships that it can be the smallest thing to the largest thing that's creating a disconnection. And so today we want to talk about navigating these situations when your partner isn't growing with you or they don't understand your viewpoint, your path, which is then in turn creating disconnection. Um, It's about when this does happen, this disconnect, this space between, it's about taking responsibility for your own feelings, your own actions, joy, happiness, personal growth. And instead of relying on your partner to gift you that, to give you that, to be that source, we want to encourage you to be that person. Um, yes, our partners bring a lot to our lives, but they are not solely responsible for every facet of who we are and who we become. And for me personally, this really unfolded the deeper I got into the yoga community. I started doing yoga with my girlfriends. And as it became a really important part of my life, a daily practice, I wanted Myers naturally to experience it with me and to feel excited about it. And um, I would see other men at the yoga studio with their partners and feel a pang of jealousy. Like, how come my partner isn't here? How come he doesn't want to do this beside me? Why can't we connect on this specific experience? And there was probably two years there that I felt really compelled and upset that Myers wasn't participating. But I had to learn really quickly that this is my thing. This is something that I feel really passionate about, and he doesn't need to be involved in it in the way that I see necessary. And so I took it upon myself to embed myself deeply in the yoga community without him. And that's not to say that he hasn't participated here and there, supporting me by showing up to a yoga class, filming yoga video after yoga video for the journey junkie. Um, but it is to say that he has other interests and hobbies and going to yoga every day and sweating his ass off and making weird shapes is not one of them. And, and that's okay. And so the lesson in this is that owning your own joy and not having it attached to your partner through what you're evolving through is the lesson. It's the silver lining. So like Carly, she is becoming really passionate about not digesting animal-based products. And so of course, she wants her partner to experience that with her. But the ultimate happiness does not come from him always participating too. Amen, Allie. Thanks for the lesson. (laughs) You're so, no, you're totally right. And I got to let it go because it's, it can be really hard, you know, especially when we are going in a certain direction, we get caught up in it. Just like I'm talking about with being a vegetarian, you get excited and you're led in that path and you're just like totally lit up and you want to be a part of it all the time. And, uh, yeah, you want your partner there. It's pretty simple. But sometimes they don't want to be there. And that's okay, too. 
I think in those moments of distance and separation, the key to staying unified is through kindness. I say this truly from experience. I feel like over the last few years in my relationship, I've made it a point to slow down and come from a place of kindness in the most heated moments. I do this because I know what it's like over all the years of relationships in my life. I know what it's like to be yelled at and to be in a heated moment and how painful and devastating and unhealthy that environment can be in. This can be anything from you wanting your partner to go to yoga to real serious ass fights that you're going to get in that are inevitable. These can also be fights not only with your uh, romantic partner, but I think it translates well into your family and also really close friends. We're going to argue with people. Things are going to come up when we're going one way and the people that we love are going another way. It's truly inevitable. So I think what's super important is taking a breath, taking it slow, pressing the pause button whenever you can in order to change the direction of the conversation. I'm not saying it's going to fix the conversation, but I do know for sure that when you fight fire with fire, you both get burned. And when somebody has the strength and the bravery to change the context of the conversation and to respond slower and more kindly and more thoughtfully, usually the outcome is better. If that doesn't work, I think that you also just need to know when to back off. I'm really bad at this. Clearly, I force my fiance to eat a certain way. Like, I'm not a great person at walking away. It's something I'm working on. But I have learned over the years that part of a partnership, again, whether it be romantic, family, or friends, is about honoring yourself and where you're at on your journey, but it's also about honoring this person, the other person, and where they're at. So if this person on their path just needs you to back up, sometimes that is the best option. And it can be very hard to not want to fix things in the moment. I'm like a fixer. I want to fix everything right away. I'm not good at dropping shit. It's something I've gotten better at. But I do think there's a fine line between knowing when to approach the conversation with kindness and try to heal the conversation and then respecting the partner enough to actually drop it, not suffocate them, and maybe step away and revisit it at a healthier and a, and a less stressful time. Definitely agree. And that goes hand in hand with the conversation you and I were just listening to with Danielle Laporte about practicing discernment in every instance versus judgment. So discerning what that specific situation with your partner needs and knowing your partner's personality well enough to decide how to move forward with whatever is causing disconnection versus judging the situation, forcing the situation and suffocating the situation. So like Carly said, it's a 
continual process. I'm also every day in that process with my partner, my mom, Carly, who's my business partner now, my best friends, discerning what is appropriate to say within each moment so that the best outcome can be experienced for everyone involved. And this goes hand in hand with the art of communication, which I know Myers and I have worked really hard at. He has really helped me better communicate with him so that we can achieve what we want from one another. And again, this is a continual process. And it also takes a lot of courage to come to your partner and openly say, I need to talk about X, Y, Z that is really rubbing me wrongfully. It's not sitting well with me. It's creating that disconnection within all of my body, mind, and soul when I relate to you. And I I oftentimes find that if I come to my partner with a few bullet points written down or a list of things I want to discuss, I can keep my head clearer in the moment and stay on track versus letting your emotions override the situation and then it ending in a heated bitching, yelling, door slamming battle. Um, I'm I'm sure I'm not the only one who's been there. (laughs) No, that's a good idea. Writing things down gives you the clarity. And it also gives you that time while you're making the list to think about, okay, what do I really want to talk about here? And what's something that maybe I can just let go and isn't that big of a deal? Definitely. And I think going back to us as human beings and as women evolving and changing and growing naturally, like Carly with the vegetarianism and me with the yoga community, we want our partner to be there. But if they don't want to be there, the silver lining is to discuss with your partner how you two can interact and grow together. So what are activities that both of you can find enjoyment in while you're evolving? And I know for Myers and I, We love to scuba dive. It's something that I learned so I could do it with him. And it's such a special moment together. And you don't need to go scuba dive and go 80 feet under the ocean, but finding something that both of you can sit down and create memories while you're growing is so incredibly special. I promise it will help you reconnect and move to a higher way of living with one another. Um, Carl, what do you and Mike do? Like, what are your grow together activities? Yeah, we love to be outside too. We love to go hiking. We love to explore. We like to get on our bikes. So anything that really puts us in nature, we all love to go kayaking. We share that passion for exploring and adventure outside. So anytime we can do something like that, I think we both feel really connected. And we also just, it feels fun. You know, it doesn't, it feels lighthearted. And that's important too. I mean, God, you just have to have some fun sometimes with your partner. And I think that finding those activities is vital because you need that glue to hold the two of you together. But this is a twofold situation because yes, you need that connection with them in so many different ways. But you also have to at the same time come to grips with the fact that this person is not going to be everything for you. I mean, we said it in the beginning, they're not going to be your yoga buddy and your meditation buddy and your nature buddy and your cooking buddy and your spiritual buddy and your intimate sexual partner and all of the things at the same time. It's 
it's unrealistic for us to expect everything out of one person. Just like we don't want everybody, them to expect everything out of us. I mean, that's really stressful. And so I think a huge part of having a positive partnership in your life is finding a person that you can run with to do the other things with. I like to call it your spiritual running buddy. Like who can you take a spiritual journey with? If that's what you're into. And if you're listening to Truth and Dare, I'm going to just go out on a whim and guess that you're into this kind of thing. But I think that finding that person who is interested in those new age and woo woo and, you know, soul expanding kind of things in order to satisfy you in that way is really important because it takes the fucking pressure off of your partner for having to be that person. And like, it's not fair for us to expect them to do all these things. And yes, we can daydream about these perfect people that exist that do it all and these perfect relationships that we see online that we think look like they have it all together. But the reality is, is that they don't. Nobody is. Everybody is dealing with shit in their partners and their partnerships. And I think in order to lessen that, you have to build your own tribe and you have to have your own life, your own hobbies, your own friends, your own shit going on. Because I think as soon as everything gets tangled up into one person, there's a lot of pressure and the house of cards is going to crumble. Amen, sister. Amen. And if you're someone who's tuning in right now and you're saying in your head, but I don't have a tribe. I don't have someone to go and do these spiritual running buddy activities with. We encourage you to get out there, go to a local yoga studio, join a running club, um, look for a meditation meetup and put yourself out there. Yes, it is so scary. We totally relate to you, but it is so crucial and vital if you want to stay on this path of living your truth and daring to change. There's just no two ways around it. So being here and tuning in with our community is the stepping stone. And now it's time, if you don't have that spiritual running buddy, to seek out what is in your community to help you further tap into this facet that you are shaping and molding and growing and evolving into. That is so true. And it, I think, honestly, it doesn't even have to be a spiritual thing all the time, just any hobby that excites you. Maybe you play music or maybe you are an artist or maybe you like to play frisbee golf. You know, whatever it is that floats your boat, something that you find fun and exciting that your partner is not that into, just do it. Go out and do it. I'm sure there's something in your community that um, is open and available to you. Okay, so we've really divulged and digested this whole concept of how to navigate the complexities of partnerships and when we're growing and changing and evolving and moving away from them and how we recommend you come back to them and find that connection point, that glue, like Carly said. So what is the next step in this whole process of cultivating this partnership? Um, I think first and foremost, we both want to say that it's really vital to know when a true change needs to take place versus you're pushing a belief on someone. Um, this is the moment to ask yourself as you're listening, you know, is my partner completely unavailable and not emotionally present? And are they not willing to change? Um, 
Have we simply just grown apart and are the feelings and emotions that were once there unable to be repaired? And lastly, is it something more serious, like any type of abuse that's going on in your life, whether it be physical, mental, emotional, or their own problems like alcoholism or drug addiction? So there is a point in time and a serious note that needs to be taken that can you no longer move forward with this person? And you can only answer that, but knowing when a true change needs to take needs to take place versus pushing a belief on someone is a really big distinction that we want to bring up right now. Because moving forward means for a lot of us that it might mean retiring someone out of our life. Amen to that, Allie. I think too that we, as women, we sort of suffer with this guilt that comes along with a personal transformation that we make or any self-expansion that we make. We worry that we won't have the means and ability to take care of other people if we're taking care of ourselves. We put everybody's activities and issues and thoughts and feelings before our own. And on that journey of expanding ourselves and growing, we innately feel bad for who we're leaving behind. And that happens all the time. But the thing is, is we can't be the best partners or the best mothers or the best um, employers if we aren't the best versions of ourselves. It's a paradox that we have created in our minds that we have to put everybody before us. But if we don't put ourselves first, we'll never get to the level that we want to be at. And we'll always stay stagnant and we'll always stay behind everybody else. And I truly feel like we will never actually be fulfilled. And I just want to like smash that guilt paradox out of every woman I know because it's so prevalent and it's not our faults. It's the way not only that our brains work, but that we are preconditioned because of society and standards and our mothers and grandmothers that have come before us and laid this cultural boundary line that we feel we have to follow. However, it's time for us to move past it and to rise up. And in order to rise up, we have to say, I'm putting myself first and then look at your partner and say, basically, like, are you in or are you out? Sorry to be so harsh about it, but it's really how I feel. No, I think there needs to be a harshness to it. There has to be that like rough edge tone because if you're in one of the situations that I was describing before where it's not just you're pushing a belief on someone to eat a veggie burger over a meat burger and it's something really serious and it's fucking up your daily life, then yeah, the question is, are you in or you're out? And if you're not in, then I need to take the next steps to become the best version of myself without you. And if that is where your journey is leading you to, I can't encourage you enough to seek help, seek professional help. There are people in this world who have spent a lot of money and time to educate themselves on how to coach you in your relationships and also in your, you know, just your personal life. And it is so worth it to take the time and sacrifice. I sacrifice some money so that you can seek this professional help. And Myers and I did relationship counseling therapy for about six months. And yes, it was expensive. 
but yes, it was so worth it. So please don't hesitate. Stop buying some clothes, stop eating out, stop grabbing your Starbucks coffee and book an appointment with someone who is trained and has so much experience in this world of partnerships. It's such a good idea. And I'm glad, Ali, that you're so open with your experience with working with a professional because I do believe there is quite a stigma that surrounds it and that people feel uncomfortable around the idea of reaching out for help. So sharing that is probably really helpful to a lot of our listeners. Um, And, you know, honestly, you guys, with everything we've said, and all of the ideas we've thrown at you, the best thing that you can do is to do you. Lead by example. Live the life that you want to live. If you want to be healthier, start being healthier. If you want to be more eco-friendly, take the first steps. If you just want to work out more or you want to be more grounded or you want to be more engaged, whatever your goals are, start following them because eventually and usually, not all the time, but usually your partner or your family members or your friends are going to catch on. They're going to see the changes that you are making in your life and they're going to feel the vibration coming off of you. They're going to see the energetic change in you and they are going to slowly start making changes too. It is a domino effect. It is the law of the universe that positivity attracts positivity and things will start to come to you and be attracted to you and things will start to change. Yes, it is slow. This is not like a magic trick where all of a sudden you're just like fucking Gabrielle Bernstein and everyone's flocking to you and your partner's like, oh my God, you're so awesome. But I do firmly believe that as you take these small steps every day and you commit to a lifestyle change, it's attractive. It's attractive to see people pushing themselves and wanting to be better and like caring about themselves enough to be the best versions of themselves. I think all of us here in this community agree. Like when we see a dude who's like totally on his shit or a woman too, we're like, God, that's hot. Like that's cool. And you're attracted to it. And so things are going to come. The changes are going to come. But the best thing that you can do in all of this is just do you. And on the topic of doing you, if you are feeling called to dive deeper and explore these conversations that we're having here further, we encourage you to join our newsletter to start receiving weekly journal prompts that are related to the podcast topic. Not only are you sent a reminder that a new conversation is live, you will now have the opportunity to explore the conversation further by using this journal prompt that we provide. They will be simple, straightforward, with the intention to help guide your journey of living your truth and daring to change. If you are not part of the newsletter yet, simply navigate over to truthanddaremovement.com, sign up, come join us. We promise it is worth your time. So with that said, as always, thank you so much for showing up, for doing the work, for making space in your life to welcome our conversations. And of course, for continuing to live your truth and dare to change. We'll catch you next week. Bye. Bye.